Welcome to the Strategic Momentum Podcast, Episode 6. I'm your host, Connie Steele. Every other week, we share tips, stories, and advice from progressive leaders and how they've been able to break through their business inertia and propel their business forward. This episode is going to be a little different. We are going to explore how fear affects us in business through the eyes of incredible industry experts who have shared their wisdom on the show, as well as a subject matter expert who offers a lot of insight into the psychology of fear and motivation. Our guests are Kareen Walsh, founder and solution strategist at Revampologist, Andy Musliner, founder and CEO of Inroad Toys, Greg Johnston, SVP and creative director at Agency Q, Will Choi, president and CEO of Vertical Apps, and Dr. Mary Lamia, a psychologist who has spent her career studying and encouraging emotional awareness. She is the author of numerous books for kids, teenagers, and adults, including What Motivates Getting Things Done, as well as the upcoming book, The Upside of Shame. When you talk to successful people about strategic momentum, you'll start to notice a theme. At some point, there was fear, and there likely still is fear. I'll let Greg tell you why. We are emotional creatures, no matter how much we want to say we're rational. And I, I love to talk to scientists, and I know a couple, and I'm sorry if out there you're a scientist and listening to this, but uh, we, uh, we do everything based on emotion, uh, and then we rationalize it. Our decisions, like it or not, are really driven by emotion. We may want to believe that we make rational decisions, but there's always an emotional trigger. And these emotions oftentimes can inhibit forward momentum, particularly if we don't understand them. Dr. Mary Lamia tells us, If you understand your emotions and how they work, you can make them work for you. So basically, emotions are intrinsic to all human motivation. And yet we don't understand them very well. So... One of the things I want people to understand is that we're not just motivated by positive emotions. We're motivated and even driven to achieve by negative emotions. And they are the most primary, powerful, and often misunderstood source of motivation. In an article in Psychology Today, Dr. Lumia adds that recognizing how emotions affect your own motivational style can help you more consciously make decisions to pursue your goals. If you don't understand this emotion, your emotional system can give you an advantage in decision-making if you make proper use of it. So fear exists. Acknowledge it, understand it, and you can be more strategic about how you use it. When I talked to Dr. Lumia, she added another interesting point. One of the things that tends to interfere with people the most in terms of business momentum, I think, is the fear of fear. (laughs) You know, that's what's poison. Fear is not poison. Fear is an innate emotion that is there to help us and it protects us and it's adaptive and functional and necessary and it motivates us. But when we fear fear, you know, when the emotion of fear is activated because of something, whether we feel it as anxiety or fear itself, It can have an impact on our judgment and our choice in situations if we fear it. So if we fear fear, we tend to make judgments and choices that are pessimistic. And we amplify our perception of risk in any situation. However, Dr. Lumia went on to say... 
there are optimal levels of fear and anxiety that help people complete tasks and motivate them and keep them their momentum going and keep them pursuing goals. And so that's up to each individual to determine that level for him or herself. If you understand your fear and anxiety and when it works best for you, you know, people talk about being in the zone. That's anxiety. (laughs) And that really works for them at that level. So what puts you in the zone? What level of anxiety or how does it feel when you're really focused and your attention is on the task and you're moving forward. So, you know, that's up to the individual, how it feels for them. Our emotions are our own. So it's important that we acknowledge that there are many individuals involved in a business and they all experience fear. It's not just business owners, it's everyone you work with. Greg says that as communication professionals, we need to be attuned to finding this fear, this pain, and then treating it. This will help you knock down barriers and align your business with your clients. There is somewhat of a fear, so what you have and and or pain. So what you need to do is figure out what the fear and what the pain is. What is really the barrier for them to do what you are asking them, what you think you know will drive their business to where they want to go. Find out what the reasons are. A lot of times the reasons that they tell you are really not the reasons. Those are what they should say. Or that's you know what they've said in the past, and if you if you dig deeper and get them to forget about being correct, be honest, be straightforward, be what it is that you really have an issue with, then you can solve it. There's you know there's only certain things you can control, and when you recognize what you can and can't control up front, um, that's people's behaviors, uh, their attention, whatever it may be. Then you can figure out how you can uh, manage to communicate to them. You know, you may not be able to control them, but then you know how to communicate to them because you know what they're actually looking for to control. And it is a lot like a doctor, if you think about it, right? Because if you go to a doctor, you know, where does it hurt? What's going on, right? You, they, they're trying to figure out the source or where the exact spot is so that then they can treat it. It's the same thing that we're doing in communication is where is that, where is that emotional connection, uh, which is the pain, and then where's the rational or, or the fear, and then where's the rational part of that? And the rational part is, okay, well, now this is what we're going to do about that. Like Greg, Kareen says fear impacts our relationships and the ability to achieve alignment between people, particularly in a work environment. In order for any company to be successful and reach their goals, people, not process or technology, need to address this blocker in achievement. Most of the time, I'd say the two blockers in achievement within a firm or in realization of what's real is fear and misunderstanding. A lot of the times that's the people side, right? Those are the soft skills. <laughs> those those don't come in tech, you know, like fear doesn't exist in technology. Fear right. exists as an emotion within a person that then stops them from giving their best. Either they're stunted by a communication style of someone else they're working with or they're stunted by a misunderstanding of like 
the strategy they're aligned with or they're stunted on their skill set, you know, that's the the big part about the people side and my skill set as a coach and a mentor and an advisor is to draw out the fears so I can squash them basically because no one's got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get to the point. Let's just squash it right now. Yeah, well, you know, in a very delicate, empathetic way. I mean, I'm not, you know what I mean? And Greg Johnston certainly sees fear as the prevailing factor that causes companies to fall short on delivering their efforts. Fear, and, and what I mean by fear, fear of something different, fear of the wrong message, and more importantly, fear of control. The reason why people, some people, most people who don't like to fly, the reason why is they aren't, they aren't flying the plane themselves. They're in, in control. And some of it I, is, is also ego. Ego can get in the way and ego can manifest itself in many ways through title, through accomplishments. So I think that those are really the, the barriers. And, and, and I also think that agencies contribute to that, to clients of almost treating customers like they're not people. And I think that that happens too, is that clients and agencies, and I'm going to put agencies in here too, Forget that we're dealing with people. We're when we deal with each other, we're people. We're not client and agency, although that's our titles. We are humans, and and I think I think we forget about that. So, you know, when you when you strip away the fear and your own arrogance, you're more able to see what's really going on, and even get an insight into the future. That makes a lot of sense. So for companies who can effectively establish that that future vision and that strategy to carry them forward, it seems like you have to be aware of the concerns, aware of your fears, and almost in some aspect, relinquish control to always mm-hmm. manage because things will change, but yet provide control to the consumer and where you can give up control yourself so that the power is provided directly to the end target audience seems like where you've got that opportunity to to build a strategy that could last. For many potential entrepreneurs and business owners, fear is the biggest barrier. And frankly, fear never completely goes away. Andy Musliner shares how he overcame the initial fear of entrepreneurship and how the nature of that fear changed over the course of a decade. So for any entrepreneur, I think that the biggest barrier is their own fear. I know that I've experienced this and again, sitting on a couch here, I'll just say that I'm not afraid to say that I was afraid and continue to be afraid. But this is how a new business starts and how it continues every single day. Um, I haven't figured out where or even if it ends, but I'll try to give you an idea of how it starts. So in the beginning, as an entrepreneur, um, it's and, and for me, uh, it's the fear that the idea is stupid um, or that there's no market for it or it's been done before and you just didn't see it or someone will steal it or you'll get it wrong or... You don't know where you don't know what you're doing, or you don't know where to start, or all the naysayers are right, and you will have a lot of naysayers. All of these things sort of swirl around in like this negative vortex. It can quickly draw down any dream into a cycle of death. 
it took me probably a decade, and I'm not kidding, a decade to muster the fortitude to get past that. Then as the business grows, that, you know, that fear sort of subsides because you're like, okay, I'm started the business and, and I've got things going. Okay. But that, so that fear may subside a little bit, but the nature of your fear, the fear never goes away. The nature of it changes. Um, so interestingly, uh, today I worry about competitors because I was right about the product and the market and other people are figuring that out. So on the one hand, that's vindicating, it's flattering, but it's also terrifying at the same time. Human beings aren't always comfortable with change. You're used to doing something one way and now you have to do it another way. But when the market changes, it's important for you and your organization to shift and adapt. However, culturally folks are stuck. Nobody wants to change or they're scared to because they don't know if they can handle it. You may have experienced this firsthand in your own business or seen it in your customers. And you've almost certainly seen a fear of change if you tried implementing agile transformation within the federal government like Will Choi. Let's talk about how the government uh, is focusing on technology to improve their services. Obviously, this is a sector that you guys specifically focus on. What do you feel has been the most common challenges that have inhibited your clients from fulfilling their technology goals? I, I think the the biggest challenge that I've seen is probably more cultural in nature. I think there have been ways of doing the uh, certain things for a long time. And uh, I think especially in the government space, um, uh, but it, of course, even in the commercial and nonprofit um, sectors as well, uh, there's there's a resistance to change. And uh, that that is not just something that I think, uh, you know, is at the individual level, it's at the senior leadership level as well. So that's probably the, the biggest thing that I see. It's the, I don't know if you want to call it the, the fear of the unknown or the, the uncertainty of what, what could go wrong. Um, I just think that people are used to business as usual. And I think uh, it's human nature. And with the change to a new approach comes a level of transparency that hasn't occurred before. And with agile practices, Kareen Walsh says, it's the accountability that happens in light of this exposure that makes many of the employees afraid. When you introduce uh, an agile practice, people freak out because now they're being held accountable to actually deliver day over day over day over day. Where in the past, and you know, I'm sure you've seen these environments, if especially with the high cubicle walls that used to exist in most environments, you could pretty much do whatever you wanted for maybe six of the eight hours of the day that you're there. And then you have the two hours of work, you have your lunch break, whatever that looks like, and you go home. And we've all seen it. This is not new. It's just this unspoken effort, right? And so the agility, when when it's introduced, there's initially an excitement because of for some people, because those who do want to show up at work and perform and matter and like have impact would love to see a method that they could do that with their teams. 
And those who have had exposure to agile practices uh, want to see that because it builds this team cohesiveness that they've never had before. It's like we're all working together towards something, which you know a lot of companies silo even individuals on the same team to only focus on what they know or or what they should be doing again to collect their check. So the fear is definitely there because accountability shows up when you put agile practices in, in place. But I would say if, if it's approached with the right empathy to attack the apathy, right? <laughs> like it, it can be so successful to, to really break down those fears because generally the fear is about misunderstanding or miscommunication, right? And so it, it really just helps surface all of that in order to implement a practical practice going forward for that team that drives delivery or drives performance for that company. So it's met with everything. But no matter what, the fear never completely goes away. The fear is fuel, and it's either going to feed the fire so you go up in flames faster or propel you towards something better. I kind of liken being an entrepreneur as like being in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. So if you imagine you're running along these marvelous uh, cliffs in the desert and you come to the edge of a cliff. Now, you have a choice. You can be the roadrunner and you can somehow or other magically get from one side, one cliff across the gorge to the other side and, you know, stick your tongue out at the wily coyote on the other side. Or you can end up being the wily coyote who follows blindly, gets halfway across, says, oh my God, looks down and falls crashing to the earth. What happens every day, not every day, almost every day, um, is that there are these fateful decisions that you make in a business where, especially a young startup business, where you can, you can, I that that decision will either bring certain death um, that is plummeting from the sky and into the ground, or it will take you to the next plateau, like the roadrunner. And you don't know which it's going to do, but you know that you have to make the decision to, to jump off the cliff. So I look at it as you have to jump off the cliff. And, and, the, and the answer, the, the obvious question is, why do you have to jump off the cliff? Because there are forces pushing you off the cliff and you can't turn back. But then the question is, can you figure out how to get to the other side, that next plateau, before you smash into the ground? <laughs> and that's what makes a, uh, a startup business so uh, both thrilling and exciting and in another way, of course, uh, terrifying. Emotions have tremendous action potential. Dr. Lemia concludes in Psychology Today. And your emotional system can give you an advantage in decision-making if you make proper use of it. As an entrepreneur, marketing strategist, or a consulting firm, you have to get familiar with fear understand it, and master it. That's the only way to control it before it controls you. I'd like to thank Kareen Walsh, Andy Musliner, Greg Johnston, Will Choi, and Dr. Mary Lamia for sharing their insights. We'll be diving deeper into emotions as motivators, their impact in a work environment, as well as discussing tips on how to navigate through various emotional styles in a future episode with Dr. Lamia. Thanks for listening to the Strategic Momentum Podcast. 
If you want to hear previous episodes or even get show notes from this episode, visit us on our podcast page at flywheelassociates.com slash podcast. I'm Connie Steele, and you've been listening to the Strategic Momentum Podcast.